So today's theme is the Christian faith and invitation. But before going on to that, I'd like to add just a couple of postscripts to a call to mission. <clears throat> Those of you who are here will remember me quoting from Michael Harvey at the seminar in Oddington on the theme of deepening a culture of invitation in our churches. And he said, ask God to put someone on your mind in your heart that he wants you to invite. And last Sunday we had Cafe Church in the Village Hall, many of you were there. Um, it's a church chapel initiative, as you know, and we had John Darby, a street pastor, to speak. Um, what I heard was good. I didn't hear everything, but I did pick up the video. The hall was almost full. They were just short of 50. I think it was 47 or 8, something like that. However, almost all present were committed Christians. Chapel was well represented. St. Mary's and the Benefice. People came from here and there three or four people perhaps who tend to be on the fringes of our church and chapel but there was no one from the village who never attends church or chapel that was a disappointment to me <clears throat> however I had one huge encouragement I did pray about who I should invite and Alana Hopkins came to my mind just a day or two before so it's very short notice but I did send her an invitation you'll remember the family who lived opposite uh, in Hobbits and it was Alana's father Adrian who left us a generous bequest to the chapel which we hope to do some landscaping on the front lawn. So I invited Alana and her partner Mark and they came along with Mark's daughter. I was really encouraged by that because as I say it was a last minute invitation. If I'm honest I didn't have a lot of hope. I thought oh they'll be away on holiday or they'll be doing this or doing that. So it was a great encouragement. So can I pass that encouragement on to you as well? Um, mind you, I know if you all do it and somebody comes along, we're going to have a job to get the people in. But, but you know, um, just pray about who the Lord wants you to invite and, uh, and perhaps to chapel anniversary or whenever. Um, and a second postscript. <clears throat> Since speaking on a call to mission, I have reread a book entitled The London Sparrow. Now, I know Jackie knows who it is, so I'm going to ask Jackie not to say anything. Um, does anyone else know who that book is about? The London Sparrow, yeah? Gladys. Yes, yes, you got it. Glad Gladys Aylwood, missionary to China, and I want to talk more about that on Zoom this evening. Um, the Inn of Sixth Happiness was written, and Ingrid Bergman was the... She wasn't very happy about that. Yes, Joan. I met her. You didn't, did I you? I did. Um, you know, when I first became a Christian. Yeah. And, um, I guess I went to a meeting and she, she was a lovely, lovely... That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Peter Goodwin-Hudson, who is a Blennington, um, so I talked a little bit about this at the prayer meeting, and uh, he said he went to hear her in Islington Town Hall. Um, probably around the same time that you would have heard her. Was it connected with the Billy Graham mission? Yeah, I think so. He's going to come on to Zoom this evening and, um, and tell us about his experience of actually meeting Gladys. I know we used to have a tape, you know, the cassette, the old cassette tapes uh, with her on. Sadly, we've lost it or whatever. I don't know where it's gone. Um, <clears throat> but it's an absolutely amazing story. The China Inland Mission, which was active uh, in China for many years, um, from the time of Hudson Taylor, who started that, uh, wouldn't accept her. She did a course with them, but they said she wasn't, basically she wasn't bright enough to learn the language. Um, so they wouldn't take her on. So she saved up £49 
for a one-way ticket to, uh, to China. Isn't that amazing? Via Berlin and Moscow. Uh, and she did eventually get there with, with lots of excitement. She was deflected to Japan and then back into China because there was a war out there in the Far East. She said at one point, here's my Bible, here's me, here's my Bible, here's my money, which at that point was just a few pence. Uh, use us, God, use us, and my word, he did. We sang a couple of weeks ago, here I am, Lord, is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Gladys didn't just sing it, she did it. Now, I'm not suggesting that we all go to China, <laughs> but she did. She had that call from a very young from a teenage, really. Uh, it's awe-inspiring, so I'm going to talk more about that tonight. But on to today's theme, then, which is the Christian faith and invitation. And so John's read for us a few verses, starting with John 3.16. So it's an invitation, the best and greatest invitation ever given. We'll look firstly at the giver of the invitation, and secondly, to whom the invitation is given, and thirdly, the content, what is the content or substance of the invitation? Because we're going to just touch on that, really. It's impossible, Scripture says, to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That's from Hebrews 11. Without belief in God, this invitation, this Scripture is meaningless. Atheists don't believe in the existence of God. And agnostics are not sure. However, they are not without hope. God can and does break into people's lives. God speaks and therefore proves his existence. He speaks in Jesus. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, who he has appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. That's Hebrews 1. The invisible God has been made visible in Jesus. The unknown God has been made known in Jesus. Do you remember Paul when he was in Athens speaking? He saw this uh, inscription to the unknown God and he goes on to talk about who that God is. God's invitation has been made personal through Jesus, who said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Lovely invitation. C.S. Lewis was an atheist for many years, after he abandoned any belief in God following the death of his mother when he was a young child. Lewis came to faith against his own will and believed in Jesus because in the end he couldn't escape from the logic of the claims of Jesus. He wrote to a friend, you must picture me alone in that room in Magdalen, night after night, feeling the steady, unrelenting approach of him with a capital H, whom I must earnestly desire not to meet. <coughs> that which I so greatly feared had at last come upon me in the Trinity term of 1929. I gave in and admitted that God was God, 
knelt and prayed, the most dejected and reluctant convert in all England. The rest, as they say, is history. That's my words. If God can break into the life of a determined atheist like C.S. Lewis, no one, surely, is beyond God's reach. So who is the invitation from? It's from Almighty God, made known in Jesus. Secondly, who is the invitation to? It's to everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. The key word here is whoever, or as the old translation used to be, whosoever. And I rather like that. Not just for God's chosen people, the Jews, but to Gentiles as well, in fact, the whole world. We hear the word inclusive a lot these days for various reasons. Well, God's invitation is inclusive, but at the same time, it's conditional. And I'll come on to that in a minute. It's always good to receive an invitation. Especially if it's to something special and a happy occasion. As it happens, we've been invited out to lunch today and we're looking forward to it just up the road. It's not an inclusive invitation, as that would be impossible. (laughs) So we feel very privileged. A week or so ago, we were invited to a wedding. Very happy occasion. Weddings usually are. And again, we were very privileged as very few people were invited to that wedding. And at the bottom of these invitations, both of these invitations, were the letters RSVP. And there was a cut-off date. Most of us have enough French to know it means respondez s'il vous plaît. Reply if you please, by a certain date. And the inference is that if you miss that date, your invitation becomes invalid. Is there an RSVP with a cut-off date for God's all-inclusive invitation? Well, Scripture says now is the time of salvation. Paul quotes the Old Testament in 2 Corinthians, In the time of my favour I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. Paul himself then says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the time of salvation. So we none of us know about tomorrow. We may not be here tomorrow. Lovely old hymn which we used to sing. Have you any room for Jesus? He who bore your load of sin, as he knocks and asks admission, sinner, will you let him in? Room for Jesus, King of glory, hasten now his word obey. Swing the heart's door widely open. Bid him enter while you may. I expect some of you know that old. It's one of the old Sankey songs. So it's for everyone, but it is conditional on accepting. Thirdly and finally, what is the content and substance of God's invitation? I think you will all agree that we live, seems to me more and more, in a sad and broken world. Politicians try to alleviate the symptoms of that brokenness, but they never really, it seems to me, get to the root of the problems. J. J. John tells a story of a father who was given the task by his wife of looking after their little daughter for a while, and it seemed quite a challenge. Um, So he got out a map of the world and he cut it up in random pieces, just like a jigsaw puzzle. He thought, well, that'll keep her quiet for a bit. 
But she was soon back again and she said, Daddy, I've done it. She said, you can't have. How did you do it? She said, well, when you cut it up, I looked on the back and saw a picture of a man and a woman. I thought if I could put them back together, I could put the world back together. <laughs> Lovely story, isn't it? I don't think through the whole of my increasingly long life I have known so many broken relationships. But those sad and broken relationships are a symptom, not the cause of the problems in our world. The cause of the problems in our broken world is what the Bible calls sin. We don't like to talk about it. What can we do about it? I'm sorry to tell you there's nothing we can do about it. That's the bad news. The good news is that the content and substance of God's invitation is that he's given his only son so that if we believe in him and if we accept him into our lives, we will not perish but have eternal life. Our problem of sin was solved by Jesus on the cross when he paid the price for our sin in his own body with his precious blood. As the old hymn says, he died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good, that we might go at last to heaven, saved by his precious blood. Very simple, but I believe very true. So the gift of Jesus, the invitation which God gives us, means three things. Forgiveness for the past, new life for the present, and hope for the future life. I've been listening to some of the talks of Keswick this year, and I listened to another one this morning. Uh, I think I told you before, I'm very fond of Alistair Begg. He's a a Scotsman from Glasgow. Um, He's lost a lot of his Scottish accent because he's been in America for 30 odd years. A great speaker and I've really enjoyed. But this morning, I listened to um, Amy Or Ewing. Amy Or Ewing. Another great speaker I have listened to once before. She told a really moving story, and I'm not sure whether I shall get it exactly right. But she told of an occasion when J. John was preaching in a big mission, and there were several thousand people um, together. And um, he was preaching the gospel, obviously, and uh, he called for a volunteer to come forward and uh, he pointed to a young girl, this was a youth thing, you know, it's all youth clubs there, and he pointed to a young, young girl, <laughs> must have been frightening, anyway she did come out, so you're the volunteer, <laughs> came out to the front, well it's, this particular girl had not been very responsive in the, uh, in the youth group, uh, her response would always be whatever, you know, uh, and the youth leader never really felt that she'd got anywhere in the Christian faith, not responded to it. Uh, anyway, she went to the front and J. John got, a, got something which looked like a piece of paper in his pocket, scrumpled it all up and um, um, made a real mess of it, dropped it on the floor and stamped on it, picked it up and, and uh, he said, would you like it to this girl, you see? Well, she didn't really want it, but he gave it to her and asked her to open it up. <clears throat> It was a 50 pound note. And uh, when she went back after, afterwards, um, of course it was, you know, the value which Jesus sets on every one of us. Now what a, what a mess we're in, but he, he, gives, he forgives us and he redeems us. Uh, and it was still worth 50 pounds, you see. 
Well, the leader of the youth group was talking to this girl later on, and um, she really opened up, and she said, you probably noticed that I, I haven't responded very much to the, what you've tried to teach me, teach us. Um, she said, I've, I've enjoyed it, I think it's wonderful what you're teaching, but she said, I just don't feel it's for me. Uh, I don't feel I'm worthy of it. I don't think I can accept it. Uh, and she went on to say that their family had been in dire straits and um, she had sold herself for 50 pounds. It's amazing, isn't it? She said, no, I know, I can believe. The Lord still values me. I can still be accepted. It's wonderful. So forgiveness for the past, for all of us, no matter what we've done, what we are, new life for the present in the power of God's Holy Spirit because to all all of us um, he gives who believe he gives the the gift of the Holy Spirit otherwise we couldn't live a new life we couldn't live and be uh, acceptable and, and a good witness to him so new life for the present <clears throat> and thirdly and finally a hope for the future eternal life.